What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Janine Seidling. Oh my gosh, did I say that right? Yeah, you did. Yeah, <laughs> I do that on so many episodes. Okay, Janine, Janine Seidling on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about you. I'm just gonna toss it at you. So, are we like? Okay, perfect. It's so exciting to like to hear that introduction. To know I can start talking and. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, first I just wanted to say thank you for having me on and just for creating this podcast. I've been, I'm so happy to have found it. It's helped so much. So, and I'm just honored to be able to be on it. Um, but yeah, my name's Janine. I'm 33. I'm from Pittsburgh. Um, my husband is named Jason. We have a dog named Bo. Um, he's a black lab. Um, but yeah, Jason and I, we went to college together. Um, we didn't really know each other, even though our school is teeny tiny, but um, we had friends who sort of reintroduced us a little while after we graduated. Um, so we got married in 2013. Uh, we've been married so like a little over six years. Um, and we both always knew we wanted babies immediately. Um, so we wanted to really try right away. So it was about, I think, two months before we got married that I stopped um, my birth control. I was on birth control for quite a long time because I had pretty significant um, period pain. So I feel like I was like 18 whenever I went on birth control. So it was quite a while. But um, yeah, so like two months before we got married, I went off and we pretty much immediately started trying. Um, my husband works for an NHL team. So it was... Um, he travels a lot. So it was sort of like hit or miss like each month if we would get, get a, get a try in. Um, but it was, it was over a year, um, that nothing had, nothing happened. And, um, I was new to like tracking things, but over the course of that year, like I downloaded the apps and was, you know, I bought the ovulation kits and all that stuff. So I tried to manage everything and monitor it and still nothing was working, but you know, I kind of chalked it up to, well, me and we didn't, might not have been a full year because you travel and you might not have hit it every month and all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, but after a while, we, I was kind of, we were kind of impatient. So um, I had a friend who I work with who was going through, um, she wasn't able to like ovulate, but she was going, you know, she knew a little bit about why she and her husband were having trouble, but she we were on, you know, the same insurance. So she um, had mentioned, well, maybe you should go get um, some testing just to see what, if there's anything going on. So um, we went and we had the whole, I mean, every, every test imaginable that was done. Um, so it came back that we were unexplained, that there wasn't really a reason why, which was, was confusing because it was good, um, I guess. Uh, not, there wasn't one thing that was blatant that was wrong but it was also annoying because I I almost wanted there to be something wrong to explain why it wasn't just happening like easy as it should it's it's kind of funny looking back like how much control you think you have um when you're trying to have a baby like oh we can 
have sex this month and then we can have a baby in June, you know, like you think you have so much control. Um, some people do and they're lucky like that, but we were um, in the unlucky group. Um, but so yeah, so it was unexplained and um, there was kind of like a insurance issue that was another annoying part about that. Like I had called and asked if my insurance, I had asked if anything was covered, the testing wise. And they're like, oh yeah, everything's covered up until treatment. But then after I had all the testing done, then I got this huge bill and they denied everything. So that was just, it was like annoying on top of annoying. So, um, so long story short, we went to our, my gynecologist and they tested um, my husband. Um, and then she was like, well, since you guys, like everything was relatively fine with him. Um, so they're, they're like, since you guys, you know, you know, nothing's really coming up, maybe we could try um, a medicine. It was Fumara. So we tried that for, I think, like a month or two, um, just with like, just with like planned intercourse. Nothing again happened with that. Um, and in the meantime, my cousin, which I didn't, I didn't realize it's funny how whenever you're sort of even the slightest bit open about things, how people start coming out of the woodwork, which is a good thing because I, I'm now like super open about stuff, but um, I think people sometimes get nervous about that because they're like, oh, you're sure you want to talk about this? But I mean, I, not that I like it, but I feel like it helps to get out there and talk about stuff. And it led me to, you know, my cousin, you know, mentioning that they actually had, they just had a baby and um, came to my husband and I were like, we, I don't know if you know, but like we, we went through IVF to have our daughter. And I was like, oh my gosh. So um, I had met with my cousin's wife um, individually, we went to lunch and she just had told me their story and um, had given me recommendations on the doctors they had seen. And then she had like a box of some of their leftover medications from their IVF cycle, which was, I didn't realize at the time, like how huge that is to just get sort of leftover just because of the cost um, of those. So that was, that was a huge thing. Um, and I was so thankful for them. So with their advice um, and, you know, sort of my gynecologist was after it didn't work um, with her, she was like, well, there's not really much more like myself as a gynecologist can do like I would recommend moving forward so um we actually transferred gynecologists because my cousin had mentioned that their gynecologist sort of did he called it like a blue collar IUI like in an insemination where um you don't you're not on medicine and they don't really monitor you but if you monitor yourself at home in terms of like when you ovulate um you just let them know and you come in and um your husband can give his sample and then they can, um, you know, inseminate you in the office. So it's sort of like blue collar. So it wasn't as obviously like monitored and as specific, but it also wasn't like as costly to start out. So I was like, well, we could try that. So we did a couple of those um, and it, it didn't work. Um, so then after that, we just were like, well, I guess it's time maybe to see um, a reproductive endocrinologist. So we, um, went again to the um, the doctor that my cousins had used and recommended. Um, and she was, she was great. She was very like, to the point, like not very lovey-dovey, not very, you know, just sort of came in and told you how it was and which I appreciate. But then I'm also the type of person, like I like to, I like to, I don't know, give hugs and feel like, I don't know, feel that gushy stuff. So that was kind of hard for me to feel uber comfortable with her which was, which was fine. But, um, again with her, just, she had recommended 
um, that we do a couple monitored IUIs maybe with the addition of Clomid um, just to see if that had any difference. Um, so we did that and um, we didn't have any success there either. Um, so in the, in the midst of all this stuff, I had heard of another um, I feel like I jumped around so much, but sometimes you just need a, you need a little bit of a change. So I'd heard of another um, clinic in the Pittsburgh area that a couple people had gone to that had nothing but good things to say um, and, you know, had success at a couple friends. So we were like, well, let's, let's try there. And then it turned out the doctor that we were assigned to, like her husband actually delivered my husband. So it was like a weird connection and it was like well maybe it's meant to be like you never know so we we started going there and um started exploring options of IVF because I think it was just you know after so many um IUIs and nothing was happening it's sort of like I think they say after three maybe then if it doesn't work then you really should move on to the next step because you're just you know it might work but you might be trying and spending all this money it might be better to just head towards IVF. So that's what we did. Um, we, they were, they were wonderful. Um, but it was, I mean, it's so costly and we were so thankful and lucky and blessed that, um, our family was able to provide us some money for, to cover, um, the majority of the cost, um, for our, for our first cycle. So we, we did that. And I mean, the place was first, like they were, they were wonderful. Um, but unfortunately we only were able to get one embryo that made it to day five or the blastocyst stage, which is the, you know, I mean, they sometimes would transfer day three embryos, but um, day five is what we were left with one. So it was, it was scary because it's almost like it, it was so stressful because it felt like we can't fail um, because we only had one. It was like, it felt like it was our only chance. And then um, it was our family's money, you know, like I didn't, we didn't want to let them down, but it, it didn't work. And it was like, it was, it was crushing. I mean, it was, it was terrible. And I keep thinking back because I remember leaving the, whenever we did our transfer, I sneezed and I keep thinking like, Oh, maybe I like popped it out of place and that's what happened. It just didn't work. And, um, but yeah, so it, it didn't work. And at that point we were just like, I mean, this can't be, this can't be the end of the road. It really did feel like the end of the road out of bed time but it just we we didn't have our baby we didn't have anything so and it was like such a low feeling because we really had to start over again and it's not a it's not an easy process um so a couple other friends had mentioned that they go to um a place another clinic it's it's not in Pittsburgh it's about the closest location is about three hours away from our house it's in Maryland so um it's called Shady Grove Fertility and so we made an appointment there. Um, and this place, the couple of friends that we um, had talked to had gone there after failing or, you know, not having success elsewhere. Um, so we were like, well, let's, I mean, what, what's the worst that can happen? You know, like, let's just try it. So we, we went and the whole, just from day one, the experience in and of itself was just completely completely different I mean like they welcome you with open arms like literally with hugs and and it's just a whole different experience like I have nothing but good things to to say about Shady Grove um so 
we had talked with, we had, you know, met and talked with our doctor. Um, and he felt that we had like, you know, relatively good chance. And um, we also had learned they do a lot of um, research and clinical trials. So they had um, two clinical trials that they were offering to us. Um, one was for the PGS testing of our embryos, and then another was for um, an ERA test. So it's an endometrial receptivity analysis where, you know, they really can um, determine when your endometrium, when your uterus is really most receptive to an embryo, which is kind of amazing. Um, so those two things, the testing of our embryos and the ERA test was something that we um, were able to do this round. Um, cost-free because it's it's research but it's beneficial information for us that we can use so it was like it was huge because I mean that's it was it saved us so much money and gave us such beneficial information um, so um, you know we, we, we started our cycle and in the meantime I remember I bought this book it was called it's all about the egg um, I don't know if anybody has heard about that before but um, it just talks about what you can do in your environment and what you, um, you know, ingest and what you have in your home and to really like make your eggs the best quality that they can. So, you know, it talks about like BPA and um, the chemicals that you use and you ingest in your diet and all that stuff. And um, so it was, it was funny because I kind of like, after reading that book, I, you know, I threw away all of my shampoo that I was using and all of my cleaning supplies and my husband's like, holy crap. But um, I think, I, I do feel like it made a difference. I mean, I don't know if it really did, but I had that sense of control that I had a say, I had some control in something. I mean, even if it was just in my brain, it made me feel better. Um, but yeah, long, so we so we did, we did our cycle and we got, um, at our retrieval, we got um, nine eggs, which is pretty similar to our first cycle. Um, I think it was actually like the exact same number. Um, and then six of those eggs fertilized, um, which again was like the exact same amount as our first cycle. Um, so four of them this time, they'll made it to um, day five. A couple were day, were day six and one was day seven. Um, so they were able to test four of them for chromosomal abnormalities. And three of them were healthy, were normal. So it was like, like one of the best days of our lives, um, just because there was three. I mean, like that. It's like a small number, but it's also a huge number. Um, so it was, it was huge for us. So um, we were able to transfer one of our little baby embryos. Um, the, I remember, like the day, like leading up to the transfer, I was googling all of these tips for what you do after transfer. Um, you know, like moving around so that you get like enough blood flow. So I remember like after our transfer, we I made sure that we went to this like outlets and I just like walked around and it was also a good excuse to get some shopping done, um, some, some outfits. Um, and then like eating McDonald's fries and like eating foods and drinking like drinking things that were only warm so that your uterus is, is, is warm and accepting and like all these crazy things like um, always wearing socks, which was hard because it was like the end of August. So I was like, dying of heat, but I always made sure I had socks on. Um, so, I mean, things were, things were, I mean, they, they felt good. And we also like, because it's a three hour drive down to Shady Grove, um, there's like a part of the drive where you drive over this river thing. It's like, you know, in the mountains of Pennsylvania going into Maryland and stuff. And 
I saw two, well, I saw, no, I saw one bald eagle and he was like perched up high. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's like amazing. And I looked it up online, like, what does this mean? And it signifies a good fortune and victory and then the third victory coming your way. So I was like, this is, this is amazing. This is definitely at work. And um, so it was just, I mean, it was just like a happy, like positive time. Um, so I remember like during the, during the wait, it was like a you know, 13, 14 day wait in between the transfer and our um, blood test to figure out if we were pregnant or not. Um, I did like, I, I wrote down like every day how I felt, um, just so I could have some sense of like what was going on and what may be different this time than other times. Um, and I, I didn't really have many symptoms, but for me, that's sort of a good thing. Um, anytime, you know, things had failed and my period was, it was coming. I had pretty telltale signs that they, that, that was going to come and that like, it didn't happen. So but then I also wasn't, I also wasn't sick or anything like that. So that like the, the no symptom thing for me was a, was a good thing I felt. Um, and then also during that time, like I was just looking out for, for good signs in the universe. So I remember we were making like, um, little potato skins. Cause there was like a football game that we were watching and I got these little baby potatoes from Trader Joe's and I took the first one out of the bag and it looked like, it makes me sound crazy, but it looked like a little fetus. You do not sound crazy. I'm the same way. (laughs) Like, yeah, like, I mean, like, I feel like you just, you're just in that zone and you try to look for everything. It looked like, literally looked like a fetus. I still have it on my phone. And I was like, this is for sure going to make, this means that there's a fetus inside of me because we're eating a fetus baby. I didn't want to eat it though. Like I was like, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> um but yeah so like I mean we just I was just looking I was just in like a good it was a very different mindset I feel like than the first round like um I, I I don't know why um I also forgot to mention that Shady Grove does this it's called a shared risk that you you know can sort of apply for to see if you're eligible where you basically can purchase um it's about like six rounds and if it's fails after six rounds if you don't come home with a live baby or if you just after two rounds you just can't do it anymore you're able to stop and get um 100 refund um and so that was huge too like this time my um family was able to give us some money so again like we were just blessed and that sort of like took away the that portion of stress because uh you know we knew that we had this many rounds and we didn't have to really worry financially. Um, so that was like another huge, another huge thing. Um, but so like we, you know, the, the day came, um, and I went to get my blood work and, you know, I just, I just felt really, I felt good. I mean, it was, it was scary. It was like the longest, I feel like that day was longer than the, the 13, 14 day wait. Um, but took my blood test, I came home, and I remember, like, just put on the TV just to distract myself, and I don't ever watch, like, the Kardashians, but for some reason, I put that on, and it was the episode that Kim, I don't know, found out something that her, like, surrogate was pregnant, so I was like, oh my gosh, so then I got the phone call, it started ringing, and I just started, like, sweating, I was so scared, and um, it was our nurse from Shady Grove, her name's Tony, she's wonderful, and she was just, like, girl, you're pregnant, and it was, like, the boat, the most all of us know that feeling just like how just utterly happy like you feel like you're on top of the world or floating you know so 
know, I walked around the house and my husband um, was at work. So I um, didn't text him. I didn't tell him anything. I just went up and obviously like, I feel like he knew second um, that he saw me, but, you know, and told him in person that we were pregnant. It was just like the happiest, it was the happiest time. Um, we came home and we, our dog, we have this little like birthday hat that we put on him for his birthday. And so I put a you know piece of paper on that said, I'm going to be a big brother. And we FaceTimed our families and it was just like the happiest, it was just the happiest like couple weeks of our lives. Um, and then, um, there was, I guess, I think I was, I was about six, six weeks. And luckily with, um, with the IVF process, you're able to get your first ultrasound, um, relatively early. So like at the six week mark, they're hoping that at that point, um, you're able to see the little heartbeat. Um, so I was, I was feeling, I was feeling great. Everything was going well. Um, but so we were scheduled for our ultrasound on a Tuesday um, at Shady Grove. So our, um, so that Friday before, so a couple of days before, um, I was at work and I was sitting at my desk. And I remember anytime I like went to cross my legs or moved, like when I was sitting on my right side, where I feel like it's like where my ovary was, but I don't really know. There was this like. I don't know if it was a pain or like a, it was like a pooling, like a pretty strong, like pooling sensation, like crampy pool things. But it was only whenever I was sitting, it was only whenever I would move, like make a sudden movement. So I was like, well, that's kind of weird. But I emailed Tony, my nurse, and I explained it to her and she was like, what? It doesn't really sound very alarming. There's a lot of stuff that's happening in your body right now because your um, stuff's growing and stretching. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. I was like, okay. Um, but still in the back of my mind, I was like, I don't know, like this just doesn't, it doesn't feel right. I'm nervous. So the next day, Saturday, um, sort of like late in the afternoon, I went to the bathroom and, um, you know, I feel like every time, any time I was going to the bathroom, this whole, I mean, the whole time I was constantly checking, looking for, for something to be there because I was just petrified. Um, but this time there, there was, there was like the teeniest bit of brown spotting, but it was only like when I wiped, um, so I was like, oh gosh, like that's, you know, I, I sort of like, I don't know if it was at that moment I started to, to know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it was something just down in me. Um, but then, you know, I tried to, to not worry too much, um, then the next day, Sunday, it was at night. I remember my husband was like working in our basement and I went to the bathroom again, but this time when I wiped, there was a red spot and it was red. And I was, I mean, like immediately broke down and ran downstairs. And um, at that moment, like if I didn't know before, like that's sort of when I, that's sort of when I knew, I mean, like I just knew um, I went, downstairs and I grabbed him and um he was just like well, let's go like let's let's go let's go to the let's go to the emergency room and you know I was like well maybe we should go to the if this is the emergency room maybe we should go to just like net express and he was like no like what if we need to go to the emergency room so we went to the emergency room and um I mean that that experience wasn't too wonderful the I don't know if they just don't have people on and they don't probably on staff all the time that just 
can deal with <laughs> every single thing under the sun. So we, um, we the emergency room doctor, um, she was like very, she was young, um, which was, I mean, it's totally fine. But her, I feel like as soon as she found out what we were there for, it's almost like she was telling us that like our family had died. Like that was the how she came across like it was like the saddest like most I mean it, it was before she even knew anything like had done any evaluation or anything but it was just like the whole like bedtime manner and I know I mean it's like a serious obviously like serious thing and we were scared and I was crying and but it was just I mean I don't know um and then she also had like a um a very young um I don't know if he was like an intern or what with her um, which was, you know, fine. And I'm all about like learning, um, but he was, you know, just sort of there. And, um, so they took some blood and we had to wait a while because they needed to get someone to come in, um, to do our, to do an ultrasound, um, because they didn't have anyone right on staff. So we waited for a while. Um, so then that person finally came and they were like, well, we can go up. We're going to see if we can, you know, what we can see and take a look around. Um, so I had to go upstairs, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't let Jason come, um, which was like really weird to me because I was like, what if we can see like a heartbeat and he won't be able to see it? Like, I was very, I was very upset about that. Like, and it was kind of confusing. They never really gave us a reason why he wasn't able to come. Um, but I mean, it was sort of like, it was late at night. I think it was like 11 and we literally like went to this corner of the hospital there was no one around they had to turn on the lights like it was pitch black there was no one there so I just I don't know like that was something that I was really kind of pissed about like why can't he be here with me not only because like what if we could see something but like I need him like I need him to be with me because I'm scared um and this is our baby so the the tech was like she was she was amazing and she actually was pregnant herself which was like I mean it was hard but it was good um so she know did our scan and she was like well I can see um I can see a sac in there the nice like blood flow going to it but at this point I can't see anything inside of it um she was like but that's okay because I know with me like they couldn't see anything until seven weeks and you're um you know about like six weeks so it's like well okay she was like I wouldn't get like too worried I mean I know you're gonna go um on Tuesday give it a couple more days like just don't get too worried about it and our, our HCG levels also, um, it was doubling quite nice, but it like, at this point it had, it had just doubled. Like it was just <laughs> at the double mark. So it was, I mean, the ER nurse or doctor lady was like, she made us feel like that was like a really bad thing. Um, so that was kind of scary. Um, so we left there and, um, it was just like a scary couple of days until we were able to go to Shady Grove for our ultrasound. Um, so we went down there and um, in the meantime, I mean, I had like been cramping. I don't think I spotted anymore, but it was, you know, it was cramping. And I just like, I knew, I actually like, I had a dream that I had like birthed a little, like that I, that I had a miscarriage, but it was like I birthed a little bloody, I don't even know what it was. So, <laughs> it was like a terrible, it was a terrible time. So we went to Shady Grove and we did our, you know, we had in the meantime had told them and so they were, you know, we were holding on to hope and we did our, we went in and did our ultrasound. And I remember going in and the lady that typically does our blood work is, she was like, 
looking at our papers and she's like, oh my gosh, like congratulations. And I almost felt bad saying thank you because I, I just knew that it wasn't good. I knew that we were going to lose our baby. Um, but so that was a, I mean, it felt, it felt weird. It felt guilty. Um, and like, you know, they did, they, they did the ultrasound and they said that they could only see the sack and they, at this point wanted to see more. Um, but wanted us to come back in a week just to be a hundred percent sure. I remember like just the look on my husband's face. I mean, like he's like the most optimistic person I think I've ever met, especially when it comes to this, like sometimes to a fault where I want to be like, can't you be annoyed? Like, can't you be scared or think that, you know, something is going to go wrong or just be with me in my anxiousness. But he's just not, he's always like, it's going to be good. It's going to be fine. And but he was just like defeated. Like he was, I remember just sitting in the chair, like he just couldn't believe that it was, you know, reality. Um, so we did come back and, you know, we weren't able to see anything. And um, we'd found out that I am a negative blood type. So I had to get a Rogam shot, um, which I guess like potentially if my husband's blood type is positive and then the baby's blood type is positive, like my because I have a negative blood type, it could like attack the fetus in our next pregnancy. So I got that shot. Um, and then, you know, we had talked about the options moving forward. And um, it was really suggested to us that um, we do a DNC just to sort of not get it over with, but to not have to to wait because, you know, our doctor was like, you, you know, a lot of people do choose to just, um, to just wait it out, but you just don't know where you're going to be. You don't know when it's going to happen. Um, and you're going to, you know, see stuff that you might not potentially want to see. So, um, we had opted to do the DNC. Um, so I had to, you know, I went because we were dealing with a fertility clinic. I had to go through our gynecologist. I remember calling to schedule it. And the girl that answered the phone was like, a what? Like, and I had to explain why and what it was and that was just like gut-wrenching like can you please just know what this is so I don't have to explain like what it is it's hard enough to even ask to have to have this scheduled but so that was that was difficult so we did get it scheduled um we and it was it's a weird feeling because I wanted I wanted to 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 do our DNC and be able to like move forward. Um, but it was also like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to lose our baby. Like it was like, I almost, you know, I remember like constantly touching my little, my belly. I didn't have, a, I didn't have a little bump or anything, but, um, I remember constantly just having my hand around there and talking, talking to my, talking to our baby. And I just like, I had stopped that. And it was like so hard because I knew there was nothing in there. And I just kind of wanted to, to be able to, take the next steps and have like a game plan moving forward and just know that, you know, time is, time is like a good thing, but it's also like the enemy because I mean, it's just like, you have to wait for everything. And we waited for so long to get to this point. And it's almost like it's, it's unfair. Like it's something that I never thought would have happened. Like you think that the second you get pregnant, like you're in the clear and that you're not going to be that person that it happens to. Um, but it was, so we, we went into, you know, get our DNC. And I remember the, the doctor who came in was just the sweetest kindness. Like he grabbed my hand and just like before he, you know, before anything, he just wanted, he just explained like how 
sorry he was that we were there and why we were there. And it was just, it made, I mean, this awful experience like a little bit better. Um, so, you know, we, we went through that and um, we have plans now. I kind of like, I didn't want to take, I didn't want to take time really to, to wait. I just want to kind of wanted to like move forward as quickly as possible. Um, not that I don't want to like remember our first little baby, but I just, I just need to have like a game plan. I need to like have that control that I know that something is happening. I think like waiting would be the worst thing for me. I need to like have something to plan for. Um, so we, you know, have planned for our next transfer, which hopefully will be sometime in, um, early December. Um, and yeah, I mean, like in the meantime, like whenever we were pregnant, like I remember ordering, um, a couple things like a gift for my husband and the baby, um, on Etsy. And I ordered something for the baby's room on Etsy. And like after the DNC, like the things started coming in and it was like, oh, it was an exciting no. thing, but it was also yeah. like, I've been there. Gut, gut uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But now like I'm, I'm looking out for like positive things. Like I'm trying to stay in that positive mindset. Like I keep looking out for mm-hmm. like rainbows and I'm seeing them everywhere. I started taking like screenshots of things that I would see, but I mm-hmm. had to stop because my phone was getting too full, which is a good thing <laughs> because like they're everywhere, but like yeah. staying in that mindset is what I need to like yeah. focus on like the positive. Universal so. signs are everything. It is like they everything. make such a difference. Yeah. When I got pregnant with Ryan before I found out I was pregnant and during his whole pregnancy, I kept seeing five by five and he was my fifth pregnancy. Wow. Yeah. And so that's what I took as like my, like every time I looked at the clock, it was like five by five. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. It's not, it's not coincidence. I really feel like it is like a, a like a proof or a something that (laughs) something greater. Yep. I agree. Well, thank you so much for jumping on, sharing your story. If you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? I would say to um, find a positive, however small, Um, just because you can get so wrapped up in all the negative, like why me? Um, But finding the positive in things, like even, you know, just with us, like the fact that we were lucky enough to do IVF, um, the fact that we actually were able to to get pregnant, like some some women don't ever have that opportunity, um, that we have you know two embryos left and all of those little teeny things. Um, I feel like finding the positivity even in the teeniest little things makes such a big difference in the grand scheme of things when going through um, infertility and especially especially miscarriage, like the sun on a on a after a rainy day, you know, little things like that. Um, and also that men grieve too, but differently. Because um, mm-hmm. I know that, you know, my husband, he's not a crier. He doesn't ever really show like a lot of sad emotion. Um, but I had learned from a friend that after our first IVF cycle, he never told me this, but he, I guess it works for an NHL team. And after I called him and told him it didn't work our first cycle, he went to the penalty box in the, um, in the arena and just like sat for like 45 minutes um, and people just left him alone and he didn't talk or do anything, but like just having that time for himself for that, like he didn't tell me, I never would have known that um, because mm-hmm. he doesn't show it. Um, so just that they grieve, but it might be differently to just, you know, that <laughs> it's not like 
you know, they don't care if they don't show emotion, but it's just, it's different than us. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to like always remember that too. Yeah, I agree. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, is Instagram the best way? Yeah, I'd say I, I love Instagram. I don't, I don't do like Twitter. I do Facebook too, but Instagram is probably the best. So yeah. I, I don't understand Twitter. I tried. <laughs> I can't <laughs> no, figure I can't. it out. <laughs> no, I can't either. I can't either. I love Instagram. Yeah. yeah. And okay, so if cool. anyone has like questions or just wants to chat, I'd be totally open and able and happy for that. Awesome. So I will link that in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for jumping on and taking time to share your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you too, Shelly. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.